0: This week on the Shooter's Touch, we bring to you Remsen St. Mary's head coach, Scott Rudin. Scott was raised in a very small town in northwest Iowa in a farming family, farming community. Still lives in that same town and continues the passion of of farming when he's not coaching. He's coached all four of his sons um, and brings an interesting perspective on coaching your son compared to other athletes as well. As far as his teams at St. Mary's go, they've been made it down to wells fargo here in des moines down to state the last five years and the way it's looking now with a 17-0 record looking like they have a very good chance at doing that again and and making that six years in a row his coaching style is very much oriented around the defensive end which admittedly is kind of old school for him but he loves that style of basketball and, and loves coaching it we hope you enjoy this episode if you do enjoy this episode a couple things we ask Number one, we ask you tell a friend. Love getting in the ears of other people, um, new people, and uh, love love hearing from them as well. And give us a five star rating if you think that we deserve that. Uh, Spotify or Apple Podcast that helps us get in front of other people as well. So we would really appreciate that too. But here is Scott Rudin. I got shooters touch.
1: Can't nobody ball like me.
2: Uh I was getting. I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better.
1: If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that.
2: You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have, that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession.
1: It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time.
0: For me, it's all about confidence, and you, you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. So you, it's all about confidence. If
1: they walk a in my shoes, then they can
2: ball like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot.
0: Coach Rudin, welcome to The Shooter's Touch.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Coach, we're excited to have you on. We're excited to get a little bit of your story um, and how you got into coaching. But before we get there, we do have to mention, so right now, sitting sitting 17-0, um, yeah. you have to feel pretty good of what your boys are doing so far and where you guys sit currently in the season.
2: Yeah, we do. We're real happy. Um, we got a good group of boys, coachable um, hardworking, bought into the system and, uh, yeah, 17 and all, we didn't know if we'd right be there, but we are. And, uh, so hopefully we keep things going and get pumped up for uh, tournament time and make it to Wells Fargo again. We hope.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll get to a little bit of, uh, that backstory and, uh, your frequent, uh, visits to Wells Fargo. Um, but I got to ask before we get too far, cause we always, in the beginning, we want to know a little bit about family. So what's your family set up and, and ultimately it sounds like you got someone, you know, pretty well on the bench with you.
2: Uh, I do. Um, my oldest son, Justin, is my co-head coach for the last, uh, this will be his fourth season. Um, yeah, we, I've uh, been blessed and fortunate to uh, be able to coach my youngest son through high school, Nicholas. Um, and, uh, and then my whole family, I'm married to Karen, my wife, uh, for 34 years already. And uh, I have four boys, Justin, who's coaching with me, Brandon, who is farming with me. Uh, uh Wes who is in San Antonio Texas uh, uh runs an entertainment center and uh and then I have my youngest Nicholas who is currently at the farm part-time with me and truck driving part-time so uh yeah I've been uh, really fortunate we're a close-knit family all about basketball um so yeah it's been fun
1: yeah growing up uh having four boys in the house uh living on the farm had to have been an adventure
2: it was it was awesome uh yeah we uh I didn't get into basketball much uh, when Justin was young. Um, I was busy trying to make a living for four boys and yep. uh, so kind of t- caught up in times. And uh, Justin started playing uh, traveling league and a couple of parents took him and we went and watched him in the head. We had a lot of fun and he had some good parents that coached him. And then uh, my second son, Brandon, uh, got into travel league and Jim Klein asked me, uh, another parent asked me to coach with him. And that's kind of how I got started coaching uh, with Brandon, my second son, and then it went from there on to uh, junior high coaching and uh, assistant girls varsity coach, and then then uh, varsity boys coach. So
0: that is a that's a good path to uh, the head 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 job. And like Brian said, uh, I had I had one brother growing up, and that was uh, interesting enough. But I can't imagine having having a couple more in the place and. And actually, has a father now, being a, being a father of those four boys, but uh, probably made life pretty interesting, which is which is, not really a bad interesting thing, thing, which is not it, a bad thing.
2: Yeah, and each each one of them is different. That's a great part about it. Um, my oldest, Justin, was into sports, loved it. Uh, my second. He played for dad, but he didn't love it, and he wanted to farm, <laughs> and then my third, I um, told him at eighth grade, I think you better think about doing something other than sports, uh, and, and now he's probably the most successful at all of them, <laughs> and uh, and then my youngest was uh, leading scorer at St. Mary's, yeah, uh, uh, leading in the history of St. Mary's, he's a leading scorer. He was a stud, so yeah, everyone's awesome. different, but that's what makes yeah. the world go around.
0: That's great. That's great. Well, uh, Hey coach, let's, let's get a little bit more about you. Where'd you grow up? Um, how was the, how was growing up, you know, as far as like neighbors and what was the neighborhood like when you were growing up?
2: Well, I got a crazy story. Um, I was born in Sioux city, um, given up for adoption to Catholic charities. Um, and my mom and dad were looking for a child, um, adopted me in 1967 um i ended up in remsen iowa and uh ended up on a farm um didn't know any different didn't want to know any different loved it um uh grew up farming farming was my passion um i played basketball in junior high and um had a coach named john hughes who passed it was he kind of got me loving basketball and um then uh ended up uh the funny thing is I ended up playing junior high, went to high school. I didn't get cut my freshman year. A couple of my buddies did, uh, played my sophomore year, and then thought I really kind of wanted to hang out with my buddies because they got cut and I did, so I quit. And uh, I had a love for the game, but I didn't play past my sophomore year and uh, went back to farming. And, um, yeah, so then later on in life, uh, I got back into, uh, like I said, junior high coaching with because of my kids, and then the ultimate reason I decided to coach was my oldest son who coaches with me, Justin, uh, played had a really good team, but he had four different coaches his high school career, and every year he had a different coach, and then it's you can't establish a program in in one year, and they never got to where they need to be, so uh, that's why I decided to get my coaching degree along with Joe Schrader, my buddy who I first started coaching with in junior high, and uh, uh, yeah, that's how we got to the that point, but. Um, wow. Currently now, um, I'm a big family man, so I love my family, I love my adot- my uh, birth, my family that adopted me, which I have uh, two brothers and two sisters, and then in 1995, I met my birth mom, she seeked me out to find me, uh, and I also have a full-blooded brother, that's why the court system let us meet, and now I have a fabulous relationship with them, so I got a lot of family.
0: Wow, well, uh, before we hopped on, Coach told us that uh had a, had a great story about his background, and that definitely didn't disappoint. Um, really good. And, you know, as you just mentioned, had a, had a really good ending too, it sounds like. So that, that's it. Is. Yep.
2: I got, yep. I got a great re- relationship with Maul, all and uh, it's crazy how uh, when you uh, don't know your uh, birth family, how genetics uh, shine. Um, I found out in that my grandpa was a bas- girls basketball coach at Holly Springs back in the early days and took his girls to state. And
0: I had no wow. idea, so that was kind of crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, well, hey, um, I guess you mentioned kind of growing up and your love for basketball. Um, what about other sports? Did you, uh, as you were growing up, playing play any other sports? I'm assuming Brian and I are both from smaller towns as well, so I'm assuming you 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 know kind of had to uh, uh, to keep those teams you, alive.
2: Yeah, I to tell you the truth. Um, I was allowed to play one sport because we had to work at the farm, and. Gotcha. Uh, So I chose basketball. And like I said, I got out. Um, I always loved basketball. I was never good at it. I remember uh, freshman year, my coach said, you can go in and play defense and you can pass, but don't shoot. (laughs) And so I did. (laughs) That doesn't
0: uh, sound like any uh, fun.
2: Yeah. (laughs) But I love playing defense. And I kind of hang my hat on at St. Mary's basketball right now on defense because that's what we're known for. But I love the defense. And uh, I just love the game. I didn't know how much I loved it until I got out of high school and graduated. And then I started having boys. And then I started them seeing play play. And then I remembered the passion I had for the game. And it all came back to me. And that's kind of why I got back into coaching.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And so what about, um, obviously, obviously as a farmer, you know, obviously, summertime is is when a lot of that work is done and getting done. Um, What were what was like the progression of basketball like during the seasons? I mean, obviously, obviously, season is wintertime you know when it's cold out you get in the gym uh you know what, were were there any leagues or camps that you went to during the summer with your with your high school buddies or, or what did that looked like
2: yep i did i did i went to a couple of camps in the summertime uh northwestern camp uh, Matter of fact i remember at a camp les dama i don't know if you know the name uh mm-hmm. he was a coach at northwestern camp and uh i just absolutely loved him um what a, he was a Great man, and then so happens. uh, uh, Thirty-five years later, he ends up being a part-time guidance counselor at St. Mary's, and uh, so I end up in his office in my tenth year coaching, talking basketball with him because he's so knowledgeable, and uh, that was a blast. But uh, yeah, he was big influence too, and uh, yeah, we it is. um, We we feed cattle, Um, we crop farm, feed cattle, run a business. I have my two son Brandon's farming with me and. I didn't have him there's no way I could coach Uh, he covers me during the winter feeding cattle and doing all that stuff and Nicholas is back here trucking and farming with me and uh, he uh, also helps out so yeah it's a family event and and I my uh, my middle son Wes uh, he calls me daily or during basketball season we talk basketball so it's a big family my wife is completely supportive I couldn't do it without her she's amazing so yeah it's it's kind of a kind of a hard mix but it works works for us
0: yeah, uh, you know, always got to have that support within the family. Um, oh. And it is funny how um, how the game of basketball brings brings. I mean, two people like you um, and Coach Dalma to the same place. So you know, maybe to just to bounce ideas off of, or maybe just keep each other sane.
2: Oh yeah. He's, he's awesome. I'd go up there. What do you, what do you think you ran that flex? Tell me about that. Tell me about that. He was a (laughs) flex guru and yeah. And uh, he would text me all through the tournament, you know, good job coach and good luck. And that's, that's the stuff that means the most about coaching is the relationships you build with other coaches, kids, your players and, and all that. That's the fun part.
0: Yeah. So you got to have that support within the family, but you also got to have that support from another others, you know, making sure you're not crazy with uh, exactly. what, what you're doing
2: exactly <laughs> exactly and i tell my kids every time when they graduate i'm like you want to be successful hang around successful people and i make a point to do that i i talk to coach learned young up at moc regularly coach yates at south O'Brien, uh bj Mulder, best shooting camp uh them guys i mean they've been a huge part of my coaching and uh, yeah you want to be successful find them guys I mean, they help they help that
0: is that is great we are definitely behind that that mindset for sure um so tell me this, Coach, uh, what were some of the favorite basketball players growing up, your favorite basketball players? Uh,
2: that I watched play? Yep. Oh, gosh, Michael Jordan, loved. Um, uh, I was a big Iowa Hawkeye fan, so, you know, the Twin Towers were cool back in my day. Uh, yeah, um, there's been a lot of great players that I've watched. Um, uh, I just uh, – I like Scottie Pippen, you know, Kobe Bryant in the later days, I, I really respected him. Uh, yeah, there's just – a ton of great athletes ton
0: yeah yeah so a big NBA guy still or uh, uh more college or or you uh, stick with the I watch stadiums?
2: college I watch a lot of college I'm not a huge NBA guy I watch a lot of college um I love to watch college just to learn um um and then I just love the school spirit and the competitiveness um right. yeah uh my, my college favorite you know I enjoyed uh watching uh just re- uh, recently Garza from Iowa. What a, what a workhorse. I love it's guys that watch. like that. Love it.
0: Yep. That's good. That's good. A couple good ones there. Um, well, what about, uh, you have, have mentioned a couple here, but what about some mentors growing up? Um, you know, maybe, maybe not necessarily as you were, you know, in high school, college, whatever that was, but, you know, growing up, um, uh, what, who were some of the mentors who, who were some that you went to?
2: Um, you know, um, I, I really respect my basketball, my high school basketball coach. Um, he gave me a great opportunity um, and uh, let me fit in where I need to fit and made me a role player, but I liked it. Um, but growing up, you know, I, I respected my dad. Um, he was successful. Um, uh, I respected my grandpa. My grandpa was very successful. Um, and uh, he was back in the time frame where he only went to eighth grade and never went to high school. And um, started his own business because he just didn't back then and started farming and, you know, uh, never had a high school education and and died a millionaire. I mean, that's that's amazing in my book. And uh, so, yeah, I respected him a lot. Um, but yeah, them are some of the people I look up to.
0: Great. Great. Yeah. Some, some good ones there. Some good ones there. Um, well, let's talk about this. You mentioned it a little bit, maybe that, uh, you know, you finally decided that you were going to coach because of, uh, of, you know, your son having a couple different coaches, maybe three or four different coaches during high school, um, which is, w- which is crazy to think about. But um, when did, was there another time that, you know, you kind of got to thinking about coaching and maybe that was, that was the path you were going to take?
2: Yeah. Um, we, like I said, when I seen Justin go through that in high school, but also when I started going to the youth league games and I felt like I can't sit and just watch <laughs> it kind of, yeah, you, you wanted to be a part of it. And, uh, so I didn't really have that chance with Justin he had really good coaches. But, uh, when I got asked to coach my second son with uh, Jim Klein asked me and, uh, I joined him and he was very fundamental coach and learned a lot from him. And, and, uh, then got the passion and, uh, then joined up with my, uh, buddy, Joe Schrader. We went to, we said, Hey, let's go to this, uh, coaching clinic. It's three weekends in a row. Go get your coaching license. So we went over there and, and, uh, got our coaching thing and, uh, came back and started at junior high and had a passion. Cause I mean, junior high was fun. I mean, the kids just were, your eyes were focused in and they wanted to learn everything they could. And so we had a blast doing that, did that three years. And, uh, Then the assistant or the head boys, girls coach called me and said, Hey, can you, would you like be my assistant at St. Mary's? And I said, sure. So I went up and helped him be assistant for a year. And uh, then uh, the head boys job came open. So uh, I called up my friend, Joe, who was helping me with uh, the junior high and said, Hey, you want to, you want to apply for that job with me? And he goes, you bet. So we applied as co-head coaches and got it. And uh, he stuck with me for two or three years. And then um, he went to the girls program cause his daughter did. And, uh, then Nick Staub, a guy that I also coached with, with my son, Nicholas on youth traveling league. Uh, he joined me at the high school level and, uh, and then, so yeah, I've had a lot of good assistant coaches and, uh, you know, good players. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great story. And it's interesting. Always ask that question because it's interesting to us, you know, how, how coaches get into it. You know, I'm, uh, currently the assistant coach on a first grade basketball team. Uh and and I, you know, have been enjoying it more and more every year. And that I mean, focus thing that you mentioned in your junior high kids isn't necessarily there yet, but um they gotta right. help suppose. So um always interesting to hear how 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 coaches coaches get into that. And then you know how they how they move through there. Um you know, always, always, always coming for, whether, whether that's because a, a child is moving forward or because there's openings, but, you know, always interesting to hear, uh, how and why people get into things like that too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's it's every situation is different. I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, the first grade, um, the getting attention is probably tough. I'm sure
0: <laughs> <laughs> the attention span, uh, isn't very long, but it, it, it is, I found it's very fun, um, and enjoyable to, you know, two or three games in when they start to do things that you're practicing. Um, that's very, very enjoyable for me, too. That's fun. You
2: bet. You bet. Yep. Yep. And I tell you what, the most important thing at that age is get the shooting stroke right. Because when they're juniors and seniors and they got bad shooting form, it's hard to change. So,
1: yep. <laughs> we, we couldn't agree with you more on that one. I mean, that's something where uh, we're going to. Every coach can find a room for another shooter. So if you have ability to shoot the ball, um, we can find some space for you. We can teach you how to get in a stance. We can teach you how to rebound, Uh, but you got to be able to shoot the rock. So
2: yeah, I tell my boys all the day, I can, I can draw up the magic plays you want, but if you can't put that ball through the the hoop, you ain't going to work anyway. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. And I love that theory. And you talked about it too. I mean, from the youth side of things um and you know being maybe a big reason on why you got into coaching because we've all been to those practices where they're spending all the time running over the plays and doing all the stuff and like you said you can draw up the best play in the world but if you can't dribble and you can't make a layup then it, it doesn't matter how sweet the play is exactly. we gotta be able to finish first so I,
2: exactly and I was guilty too at a young coach and uh, with my young boys you know you want to go to these tournaments to win and uh but you look back and uh, winning ain't important at that age it's keeping every kid especially in our smart small school every kid interested give them opportunity and teach fundamentals teach fundamentals and and then win in high school when it counts
1: absolutely and i and i think that's tough and like you said i don't think all coaches or even parents under or are able to remove themselves enough to see big picture um and understand that you know it, yeah winning's fun and it hopefully makes the game fun but you don't want to burn the passion out of them and so um, and you mentioned a few times, so getting into coaching, uh, you know, not really having, you know, a huge background in it. How, what, where did you kind of what was first step? And then how did you continue to progress and try to study and learn the game?
2: I uh, I hooked up with Jim Klein, who was a basketball uh, high school basketball coach in his in younger days and uh, in this youth league. Learned a ton of fundamentals from him and then, you know, just started getting on uh, coaches' board. Um, getting on the internet, looking at things. And I was always a student of the game. I love the game. So I always watched the game. Um, Love listening to college basketball with the announcers, breaking the game down. You get so many good things out of that. But then, like I said before, um, I got into it. And my first year, we had a really good senior class that probably wasn't coached real great, but we got 11 wins. And then the talent dropped off and we went to a seven win and a five win season and then a seven win season. And not that I didn't have fun because they were hardworking boys and just just as fun as the teams that win. But we had struggles and we had to learn. And so I started uh, calling fellow coaches, um, Lauren DeYoung up at MOC, who's uh, probably a Hall of Fame coach, uh, and start chatting, got to be friends with him. B.J. Mulder came into our school, started doing best camp in young age, teaching, shooting, and started talking to him. He was a former coach. And uh, just, yeah, like I said, hung around. I started talking to guys that knew how to win. And uh, they helped me a ton. And then, you know, like everything else, with more experience, the better you get. So,
1: yeah, well, and while, while we're on this topic, so looking through, you know, the last, because what year, what year did you get to head boys position?
2: 2009 and 10, I took it. Yeah, this okay. is my 13th season.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. And so you mentioned, obviously, trying to build a program, uh, you know, in your first couple years um you know having having some success but having some struggles along the way until it looks like really that 14-15 season um you know you got 15 wins and then 17 the following year and now you guys don't think of anything under 20 wins so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. obviously you know you've built quite the program um and things are moving in the right direction uh you know what do, what do you think was maybe the biggest change probably what, what would you say the they that 12 to 14 year where you went from five to nine wins, or do you think it was that next year, nine to 15, what was the, what was the biggest change?
2: The the next year, nine to 15 was a huge for us. Um, it was a really big year for us. Um, matter of fact, uh, uh that year, uh, my sophomore guard, Colin Schrader broke his hand going into tournament, didn't get a play. We were up at Boyden hall powerhouse. Um, and we're playing with them. Um, you know, you, all coaches say, oh, if I would have had this or, hey, you know, this would have rolled that way. But but we could have had a shot of winning that game, which would have been huge. We had a really good season. And then we just um, I think the biggest thing was at St. Mary's was uh, baseball, 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 baseball. Um, and basketball was a time for kids never took serious, never thought they could win. Um, probably a time for back in the day. I don't think it happens a lot now. But back in the day, that was a party time basketball season meant nothing to nobody. And uh, the biggest thing was to make the culture change to become a winning and believe they could win. And I think that nine to 15 season, they started buying in and, 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 you know, and I know, and we all as coaches know you can be a great coach, but you got to have great players. You got to have good players. Yeah. I mean, you you don't have to have the best, but you got to have players that buy in and players that can, that are the ability to play. And uh, I got to that point. Nine one season, we got a few. 15 a season, we had a young group come in really good. And uh, boy, we, you know, and back to the youth coaches, I can tell which coach taught man to man defense and which coach played junk defense to win a youth tournament. Um, that's that's huge. When you teach them play man to man, you teach them fundamentals, and that's the groups we had. And I was fortunate enough that I got to not only coach varsity, but I coached my son Nicholas through uh, fifth grade through eighth grade, or third grade through eighth grade in, in traveling the league. And, uh, that was kind of the crew that came in the crew before that Nick Staub, my assistant coach, he had them. And that was the kind of the years we started changing. So things got better.
1: Yeah. Uh, and well, I want to stay on that, but since you brought up the youth leagues, do you guys, so do you, do your teams travel over to Sioux city or where do you guys play? Uh, yeah, we played. Side,
2: yeah. We took, when I had Nicholas, we, and a lot of the parents that are now, uh, we take them to Sioux city, Sioux falls, Ames, um, catch all the local ones around, uh, I think the furthest we went was uh, um, Vermilion we played at. We played at, uh, um, yeah, I think that's about it. We hit a lot of Sioux Falls tournaments, a lot of Sioux City tournaments. Yep. Uh, Ames, love loved Ames. So.
1: Well, you guys have just such a pocket of really good basketball up there in that northwest corner. Oh. And so I figured you could probably, uh, you know, drive anywhere 20 miles and, and run into a good game, at, especially oh, at yeah, those yeah. younger ages.
2: Yeah, if you wanted to get beat up, you drove up the hall. And then
1: you got beat up. So that was good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so coach, you mentioned it, you know, going through, you can do all the team building and all the program building and all the stuff that you want, but it takes the kids. It takes the leadership in the locker room because they're the biggest influence. You can say all the right stuff. You can be the coolest coach in the world, but unless you have a player who's usually your best player um that is kind of driving the ship it doesn't matter and so did you start to have you mentioned that year um that 15 season when you won 15 games a young crew but was it a crew that kind of gelled together and obviously had some talent playing through those youth leagues or or yeah, what? was it
2: was it was and it was even um uh, nicholas was my son was a freshman that year and he was playing with some really good upperclassmen but you know in high school basketball uh if you can get two, three out of a grade, you know, and maybe one surprise out of a lower grade, that really makes you tough, especially in 1A basketball. And uh, so that's kind of what we started having. And they gelled. Um, the senior class that year was only one. And then the junior class was uh, uh, Coach Harpinal, Dean Harpinal, the baseball coach's boy. And he kind of brought them up. So it all started at an early age. It doesn't start at high school. It starts at an early age. And uh, yeah, that was the group that kind of got us going. And then you know, the, the saying that success breeds success is so true because once you start winning, then all these little kids are watching these kids win and they want to be part of it. And you never want to be that team that's going to lose. So it just becomes a little easier as a coach.
1: And then so, uh, so connecting it back to baseball, obviously the tough part uh, with baseball is that it's in the summer, um, obviously here in Iowa. And so trying to figure that out with continuing to shoot the basketball and go play some club basketball, um, can be different. But from a from a skill standpoint, um, you know, there's the hand-eye coordination part. I mean, there's some there's some positives that come from playing baseball that allow you to be successful on the basketball floor. Um, so did you start to have some guys that had the ability to cross over and, you know, like you said, not only still take baseball very serious, but do the same on the basketball floor?
2: We all our kids do. Um, I think right now this year, our beds number is 52 or 54 at St. Mary's. We okay. need all boys for basketball we know boys for baseball we need all boys for football we need for track golf Um, they all do and the amazing part is I agree with you Um, we do in the summertime ours is there's six weeks of best camp with BJ Mulder and that's not mandatory and maybe 50% show up but we don't interfere with baseball that's their thing that's their time nobody interferes with my basketball that's my time nobody interferes with football we'll maybe start having opening gyms in October um, on Sunday night for the kids to play or shoot. Um, but yeah, I believe playing multiple sports and, and walking away from a sport for a little while instead of playing it year round. I think it's huge in my book. I, um, you know, and I know there's people disagree that they need to play that sport and only that sport, but I don't, I don't agree. Uh, we let our kids walk away and, and uh, they come in, they play basketball and basketball season.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And there's definitely things to be learned in the other sports. Um, we talk about on this podcast all the time. It's you know, go play a sport that maybe you're not the man in and see how you are a teammate and how you handle adversity and use different muscles and be a good teammate and all that. And so, especially like you said, at a a school your size, I mean, you have to, I mean, it's something that those are the boys that you're growing up with. Those are the memories that you're going to take with you. Here's the deal. You can, you can still go out and, and shoot for 20 minutes and prepare yourself for the winter. It's not that, it's not that big of a commit to be able to get better, but Um, You're
2: exactly right. You're exactly right.
1: So coach, I got to talk about the 2016, 2017 season. Um, Mm -hmm. I I admittedly know very little other than the fact that you went 26 and one. Um, What can you tell me about that one?
2: Uh, The one was the loss to uh, Grandview Christian and we had them. We had them at the state tournament. Uh, We had uh, uh, got the big boy fouled out. We had a six point lead. I believe going in the middle end of the fourth quarter, we were down the whole game, battled back, got a six point lead. And then just things kind of fell out, had a crucial turnover, a couple of turnovers uh, called not go our way. And then boom, we, uh, but they were, they were the tone setters. That group was the tone setters uh, just a good bunch of kids. Like I said, next Stab was my assistant coach. He had the seniors. J- Nicholas was a junior, my son, I had them guys all the way going through Uh, They knew our program, they knew our system, they knew what we wanted, they played together a lot all the way through the years, um, and they kind of set the tone. Classes before were really good, and they did set the tone, too, because they got deep in the tournament, but that was the team that got us to state, and uh, that's got this rhythm started, and uh, yeah, I'm really proud of them, and I'm really proud of all of them, all my kids. I'm proud of the team that won five games, they were good kids, so.
1: Yep. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's uh, different victories mean different things. That's for sure. And so, so was that then the first trip to state tur- to the state tournament?
2: Yes. Uh, 2015, 16 was our first trip. We've been five years straight. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: 2015,
2: 16.
1: Okay. And, uh, you, you know, you mentioned obviously not a way that that's your only loss down at the well. Um, just, you, you know, what, what do you do? But I, I, we've said it and every coach that's been on here has said that how much getting down in that environment, playing in that gym, playing with those hoops, just how much of a difference that makes to just get that experience. And so was that team, I mean, you mentioned, so you mentioned those guys and and how big of a role they played. Was that senior led or what, what grade were um, your starters? Was, and your- We started,
2: we started three seniors and we started two juniors. Um, okay. um uh, Jacob Westman, Colin Schrader and RJ Stobb were my seniors that started. And then Nicholas, my son and, uh, Brody Ricky. Uh, uh, I got to thank here for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're jarring my memory, but yeah, yeah, they were my juniors. Um, yeah, we, we had a really good tournament. Jacob Westman and Nicholas played lights out first game against new, a really good new London team. And, um, we played, played a really good. Nicholas made all tournament team that year. And then, uh, senior year, we went in, um, with them, so. juniors were seniors yeah, and right. added Spencer Shorg, who was only a sophomore. Um,
0: okay.
2: And he, he was a real stud, ended up playing at Bradcliffe a little bit. and uh, But he uh, um, he came in, too. And then uh, that year, Nicholas, uh, again, I'm making, mistake, uh, making excuses like all coaches, <laughs> but uh, Nicholas uh, injured his back. Uh, he was popping 10 ibuprofen just to play, didn't have a real good tournament. Derek Shorg showed up big for us, who was injured his junior year. And didn't play, which we thought maybe that year we could have won if we had him. But uh, anyway, that's beside the point. But yeah, that, that was kind of the teams that really got things rolling. And then I think the biggest win or a coaching standpoint, yeah, Proud in, I knew them boys were really talented, really good. We lost all of them and brought in a group of juniors with uh, one senior and really lost all our firepower and end up making state again and end up finishing. Uh, that was our best finish at uh, fourth place in the state um and with a group that i didn't expect it and it was really easy to coach it because nobody expected it so it was good
1: <laughs> there's something to be said about that too so for the listener yeah so you mentioned the 26 and one in that uh 16 17 season and then bounced right back losing three seniors and going 26 and two the following year which is just crazy i mean you're winning yep. 96 percent of your games, so
0: yep
1: um very special but like you said there's always something to be said about teams when expectations aren't quite the same. And so you said that you lose all those guys and guess what? 21 and seven. Um, yeah. And like you said, get a fourth place finish. Um, yeah. But, but coach slash dad, I got to ask that Brandon's back. I mean, cattle farmer, we were working him too
2: hard out on the farm. What's the deal there? <laughs> yeah. Nicholas, Brandon's my farmer. Yeah. Nicholas. Yeah. I know. He uh, actually think uh, if you, re- if I remember back, the sub state game is junior year against Boyd and all, Went up for a huge rebound and uh, somebody undercutted him, came down right on his spine um, and shook it off, worried to death. Well, a year and a half later, he had to have back surgery and got recruited by Bradcliff. had to have back surgery, had numbness in his leg and yeah, things went south and he played JV Bradcliffe for two, three years and decided that was enough. And uh, so he's moved on, which everybody's got to do in life. So yeah, yeah, but it was a blast. We, he was fortunate. He was blessed. He got a lot of playing time and, and he, he yeah, so he had a good career. So,
1: and uh, memories that he'll obviously cherish forever. That's for sure. But um, so what's it like uh, coaching your kid? What's, what's uh, the greatest joy and the toughest challenge?
2: Well, I told him as a freshman when he came in, um, I didn't start him the first couple of games. And uh, I said, uh, for you to play, you got to play to the best. You got to be the best because if you ain't, then I'm going to get criticized for playing my boy. And uh, so he had a lot of pressure um, going into it. And we brought him in easy, like you have to. And uh, yeah, then he he went off. And I mean, he he was the third leading scorer on the team as a freshman and proved his point. And, uh, but it's hard because you got to really focus on team because there's timeouts where I'm so dang mad at him for doing something stupid that he's coming to the huddle and I'm chewing his butt right away. And and uh, then I got to remember, hey, hey, it's not about him. It's about the team. And we'll save the butt chewing for the day after. And uh, so, yeah, so we it was it was a challenge but I loved it. You know, um, um, there was games where I was so mad at him and frustrated with the way he played. And there was games where I'm like, wow, that's my son. Unbelievable. But uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. A lot of fun.
1: So then when uh, his career came to an end uh, at Wells Fargo, right? What, uh, yeah. what was yeah. that like for, for you as a coach and for you as a dad?
2: It was tough because he, he didn't play well at tournament. And I remember going into uh, the last, the game, we didn't know uh, it was against, uh, we won our first game against Lynn Sully. Um, we were going into Grandview Christian game and he was struggling with his back a little bit. And I remember in the motel room uh, before the game, um, I gave him a hug and I said, I don't care how you play. Don't make no difference. I love you. And uh, I remember, <laughs> sorry, I'm emotional. Um, I he broke down, broke down and started crying. And, but it was, yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: sorry, it was tough. It was tough, but uh, um, we went, got fortunate enough. I got to coach the uh, IBCA all-star team and he was on it and he played lights out and uh, we got to end it on that note. And it was awesome. Totally awesome.
1: I was going to say you those, like I said, that's memories that you guys will both share forever. Um, no matter, like you said, no matter the result, just having the time together and being able to enjoy time on the floor um, and that sounds like you got the, the the good way to go out with the IBC uh, all-star game we did. anyway. Yeah, so.
2: we were really, yeah, we were really fortunate and uh, got to coach a great group of guys and uh, had a blast on there. That was fun. So yeah.
1: yeah. So, all right. So as we fast forward here a little bit, um, take me to, so let's see, I'm trying to, I, I feel like the, so the COVID year was 1920, right? It was So right. 1920 was the year in which that you guys would have been there. And would have had the normal game, right? Because it, right. it didn't happen until the championship right after our game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so what so take me to that? So I, I just it, it's so fascinating to, to kind of think about how that went about. Um, and going down there and everything being normal and leaving with nothing normal.
2: It was crazy, absolutely crazy. The whole thing was crazy. And uh, it, we, we were going down, we were excited to be there. You know, there was a lot of talk and I'm a cattle farmer. Um, I don't know if you know a lot about cattle farming, but it's kind of a high risk business. And the markets plunge while we're going down to the state tournament. And uh, I'm losing a ton of money and I'm trying to focus on basketball. And it was it was a really hard year, a really hard year. And uh, um, I had to forget about what was happening back at home. And then we had to just go play this game, and then all of a sudden we find out we play, and all of a sudden they're cutting the crowd and all and cutting cut, things down, and yeah, it was it. Was, um, I hope we never experience it again. It was it was absolutely it was just a weird time.
1: That was that was wild, and so that year would have been the year um, you guys beat Prince of Peace right in the first round, um, and then yep. and then lost to um, Auburnette.
2: Al on a last bucket tip in, Yes, yeah. i say a heartbreaker.
1: two two point one. That that's your defensive that's your defensive battle right there. It looks like thirty nine thirty seven. So you guys were slugging it out.
2: We were we were slugging it out. We had uh, we played great defense whole game, and we play a we play a switch man to man. We've been fortunate enough to have really good athletes that can switch. One year we had a switch one through four, kept five on five, but we play a switch man to man, and we knew. I I should have known better. I was going against a Hall of Fame coach um, from Paulina, uh, played up at Paulina, was a stud. I can't, Frank uh, Snows, I think it was, or something like that. And uh, they added a ball out of bounds on the baseline. And uh, we're running things through our mind, run through things. And I say, make sure you switch everything and don't let anybody get to the hoop. What do they do? They They slip the switch, drop to the hoop. And I should have stuck. We shouldn't have switched. My fault. (laughs) And I apologize to the kids. And uh, we, yep, they make the bucket and we lose. But uh, when you stick something all season long and be successful, it's hard to switch. But I should have switched there. We shouldn't have switched man to man. We should have stuck. But, yeah. Should have stayed with it.
1: Yep. Should have stayed with it. So, and that one, that semifinal game was in front of a crowd was your home crowd there for it that was one? the, the okay. crowd
2: was there but right after that they started shutting things down I don't even think uh I can't remember championship game I don't think there was a crowd was there it?
1: was not well it's it fam- parents yeah parents and family I think everybody yes. every player had like two or something weird right, right. Um, but
2: uh, we had a regular crowd for that first round
1: that's right and then I remember I think Nebraska like called theirs first and we were trying to figure out what it was yeah. going to look like yeah. and but then so then you had the opportunity to play a constellation game, though. You guys um played and beat Montezuma. Is that right? Yep. Uh in yep. the constellation to get, yep, take that, third. Looks like yep. a good one. 50-49. What do you remember about that victory?
2: That was a really good win because uh Shear was young. Um, I think he was a freshman, maybe, or sophomore. Um, and they were very talented team, very talented team. Love their coach, great guy, and uh um we uh, we played extremely well um after losing a heartbreaker we came back and played really really good basketball uh we had a big lead they battled back we ended up i think we only ended up winning by two three i can't my memory's not that great but uh it was a really great basketball game a really good game and yeah that was huge for our boys huge
1: yeah, no, that's, that's great. You say your memory's not that great. I have everything in front of me. I can't remember. <laughs> and you're sitting here remembering back two, three, 10 years. So you're, you're just fine coach. Don't uh, uh, sell yourself short with that. But um, all right. So then, like you said, five in a row. So you make another trip uh, to the state tournament. I mean, it's just something like you said, you've built this program to uh, breed success and, and have a good time. Um, yeah. Win a lot yep. of basketball games and make your way down uh, to Wells Fargo. Yeah. Um, but if there's any anybody in the state that would like to see uh, Grandview Christian go to two A, it's probably you, huh?
2: It is. It's been it's been our <laughs> Achilles' heel, man. It's been tough. Um, And it ain't you know it ain't so much that we didn't play with them. We had them on the ropes a couple of times, Um, you know. But yeah, that's six ten in the middle or six eleven in the middle. It just kids get spooked, and uh, we coach it. We try to we try to make it happen in practice with brooms or whatever. But it ain't the real thing, you know. And uh, um, but we, but I'm proud of our boys. Well, I think we had them, we battled hard last year. We just couldn't drop a shot. And that was untypical of our team. Um, usually we have really good shooters, three point shooters, and, uh, we couldn't hit and we battled and battled, tried everything in the coaching philosophy to get back into it. Just didn't get it done. But in a couple of years before that, I mean, Nicholas's uh, senior year, we were up like eight, up eight on them, you know, and then had a couple of crucial turnovers at the end of the game and end up losing. And, uh, I remember, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of battles with them, but yeah. I you know, um I, yeah, best unsaid. I mean <laughs> some things you just gotta keep quiet, but yeah, I, it I, would be nice.
1: Yeah, I tell you, yeah, no, I, I tell you what, looking though through the scores and some of the stuff in the past, and I mean obviously they've they've absolutely blitzed a lot of people down at Wells Fargo and it looks like all your games have been competitive, like you said, even last year with 54, 49, and so yeah. Um, yeah, you guys, you guys are giving them a dog fight, um, which is, I'm a, I'm a,
2: I'm an old school coach. Um, I believe in defense. I believe in discipline. Um, uh, a kid takes a wild shot. It's a turnover in my book. Um, it's uncalled for. Um, there's time and a place for a shot. You got to find your open teammate. You got to take the right shot in rhythm. And, um, I think we do that better than some of them teams. They got some way superior athletes than we do. Yep. But sometimes there isn't the discipline. They're firing stuff they shouldn't be or taking shots they shouldn't be and keeps us in the game. And I love it. But uh, yep. yeah, I think that's what I think that's defense. You know, everybody says for years, defense wins championships, defense and discipline. You got to have discipline, I believe.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We agree. Um, so my question then with all the success that you've had and the limited numbers, uh, what's practice like? How are you able to keep practice competitive? How are you able to prepare um, unfortunately looking through some of your scores maybe not overly competitive through your league but how do you prepare for district play um, and how do you get these guys down to Wells Fargo when you're you know when you're dealing with 10 12 15 guys and probably half of them freshmen
2: it's tough it is you're right it is and it is about half freshmen this year and uh, and a couple of our good freshmen are injured which has been kind of hurt us too but uh, um, we just we try to make it as competitive as possible we we really work hard on our JV our scout team of uh, we spend time with them, showing other teams their plays, get them to run it, come to practice, and they run it against varsity to detail as much as we can. Um, we, you know, we we do the best we can with what we got. Um, we do have good young kids. That's why we've been successful these past five years. Um, I remember my son uh, played uh, when St. Mary's went to state, won state championship in football in 04, I believe. My son was a freshman, and I remember the, the welcome back party The kids said that the scout team in football, the freshman, sophomore team was tougher than half the teams they played. And uh, that that makes good a good team. And uh, so, yeah, we 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 got limited numbers. We've got kids that work hard and get after it. And um, so, yeah, that that's that is a key, though. And uh, we we just try to do our best with uh, scouting reports and detail and break down everything they do. So.
1: Yeah, that's, a, I mean, really all you can do. And like you said, you try to simulate stuff in practice. Um, it's obviously super hard to simulate 6'10". It uh, is. <laughs>
2: there's, there's
1: not a lot that you can do about it. And, um, yep. you know, it's it, it can be hard to prepare. But uh, like I said, overall, it looks like you guys have done a heck of a job. And um, with you and your staff and uh, you know, with obviously your son, you talked about co-head coach. It looks like, uh, um, for a good part of your career, you're, you're all about sharing responsibilities and, and having those staff, totally. um, being bought in and, um, totally. being part of it too. What's the thought process behind making sure that those guys feel like, uh, they're as valuable as anybody else.
2: Yeah, totally. I am totally. And, uh, my, my running joke with the other coaching staff is when we walk out with four coaches or five coaches. I told them, well, the reason I do it is because I have a coach related to every player on the team. So none of the parents can complain. <laughs> but but then but then I'll get a kick out of it. But no, I do. I, I I let my assistants do a ton. And and it's not about me. It's not about me at all. It's about my team. It's about my staff. It's about everybody. I take ideas from all my coaching staff. Um, I, I have a former player, Colin Strader, who played for me on that first state team. He is an assistant junior high or JV coach right now. Uh, he's part of our system. Um, I had Tyler Delperton who played for me. He was my assistant for a while. Um, I've had I've, 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 Travis Kohler, Nick Staub. I can name off uh, Jared Shutt, who's currently my son Justin, uh, been part of all this. Um, Joe Schrader, who I talked about the, I take information from whoever I can. Um, I, do I use it all? No, but boy, I'm listening. I want to listen and uh, you know the more opinions you got about, I always tell people you can have three or five coaches watch a game. And there'll be five different reasons why they lost or why they won. And um, everybody's got a different opinion. I like to hear them. I like to hear them and um, you know, I process what I like and uh, yeah, I have the final say. Um, but um, boy, I let them do as much as they can do because uh, when you got good people around you, good things happen. So.
1: Yeah. We, uh, we couldn't agree with you more on that, that uh, that's for sure. And it, and it sounds like, it. I mean, so neat. Um, you know, your path and, and, and the kind of the way that you worked up the ranks to uh, uh, essentially get this varsity position and just continue to grow. I mean, you know, we, get, we have a lot of people on here who, you know, played extensive college careers or coached in college and came to the high school level and, you know, you just kind of bootstrapped your way um yep. up and learn along the way and it sounds like it's it's a mindset it's uh, having the right people around you it's asking a lot of questions it's learning from your mistakes and uh obviously you've been super super successful and so we we love love hearing that story um i i can't i can't get away from not asking uh girls so when you were the girls assistant what mm-hmm. this is a question i always ask who's been on both sides of the ball what's the biggest difference between coaching girls and coaching boys
2: um Uh, (laughs) that's a tough question. Um, uh, girls soft hearted. You gotta be careful. Um, but I, and I'm a pretty loud vocal coach. Uh, but, um, we, I think we had, we played Lawton Bronson the year I was assistant coach who was number one in the state in the district finals. And we took him to I think it was a two or four point game we had an unbelievable game because St. Mary girls basketball at that time was not, I mean, they were good. They, I mean, they competed, but they weren't no state caliber. And, uh, we just, uh, gave, I gave the girls a extremely detailed scout report and they just looked at me and they bought in and, uh, and then they went off. Uh, they had a couple girls, Maggie Curry, I remember had a night that she couldn't forget. And, uh, um, I think it's just about, uh, it's it's the same in a sense but um um just got to be a little bit more detailed with girls uh a little bit give them a little bit more detail what they got to do boys can enhance a little bit on their own a little quicker uh, but St. Mary's girls got a really good girl team right now um they're underrated uh they're going to make noise and uh um, they got some girls in there that can can uh, create on their own, so I don't know. I I would like I said I was one year girls. I enjoyed it. I was junior high girls. We had a team in junior high that went unbeaten, and uh, I had to shave my goatee because that was the bet if I went unbeaten. I had to shave my goatee, and uh, but I like girls. I enjoyed them. They they lock in. They listen. It was fun. A little bit more emotion, dramatic. You got to deal with, but yep. uh, yeah, but it was fun.
1: No, that uh, you you share the same sentiments as 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 most of the people that we've had on the podcast, and <laughs> that. Okay. They are—they're uh, super coachable. They're—they're yeah. they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Like you said, you got to be a little little bit uh, um, uh, easier with them. But at the same time, I mean, your your example is perfect. I mean, the, the boys aren't going to win any more games to shave your goatee, but the girls, like, that's all they need to motivate them. <laughs> they're like, "Let's exactly. go! We want yeah, this for exactly coach." Right. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's <laughs> definitely awesome. It's uh it's there it's a lot of fun to be to have the opportunity to be on both sides. It's is definitely worth it. And so it, yep, well, it was fun. Well, well good. Well good coach. Um so looking at this year, we talked a little bit before. Um obviously you guys are sitting in a good position. Um admittedly, I guess I should have pulled up your guys' district. Uh I, I didn't even look to see where you're at. But uh, tell tell us just a little bit about your team and where you're at, and uh, what you what you guys are kind of hoping for here as we get closer and closer to district play.
2: This team is probably a little bit more unique than my others. Um, I I I don't have a real stud horse going to put up twenty a night, um, but I have six seven really good players, um, really knowledgeable about the game, understand the game very well. Um, that's probably our, you know, we're maybe not as quick and maybe not as athletic as some teams, but we understand the game so well and so knowledgeable and find people share the ball unbelievably well. So I'm excited about this team. Um, um, We'll have a different leading scorer every night. Uh, We'll have somebody put up 17 one night and the next night he has five and the next guy has 17. And uh, so I'm thinking, you know, you ain't going to throw a junk defense at us because who are you going to take out? Um, And then, uh, we have some height, 6'4", 6'5", and in the middle, um, we have some, you know, uh, shooters, uh, some really good shooters, uh, uh, we have uh, a lot of balance, um, so I like that, um, we're, uh, we're in district one, uh, going to see a lot of teams for the second and third time, um, we got the one seed obviously we're going to play uh, either uh Sula and Christian or Akron Westfield in the first game um i'm a yeah, second game we've got either hms or uh i believe harris lake park uh no excuse me trinity christian so um so yeah um and then we're assuming uh district finals don't know, always know but south o'brien will probably be up there oh, yeah. uh nine and, or ten and four or something like that or no they're uh, 12 and four right now and uh, so they'll be up there um so that'll be a team we see for the third time and like last year, I don't know if you remember, but we got beat two times regular season by Galen and meet him in the sub-state game and upset him, and you know the old thing about beating somebody three times, times. Oh, yeah. so yeah, but um, this team doesn't scare me. Uh, this team's got a confidence level of like none other, and um, you know, uh, if we see Galen, well, we beat him by 18, 16, 20 the first two times, my boys, ain't, they ain't afraid, um, so yeah, I, I, that's a good thing, uh, but And you know, as well as I know, you can be talented through the hill, but you got to have a few things roll your way. Uh, You know, you got to have a couple of breaks, no matter who you're playing, where you're at, what you're doing. And so we're hoping we get them breaks and we're hoping we can play to the best of our ability and, and get back down for the sixth time. is what we're hoping.
0: Well, great stuff. Great stuff. You know, we'll be obviously paying um, attention here towards the end of the season and, and, you know, through, through the, through the tournament um, as well. And hopefully we, we see it down here at Wells Fargo. I know we like to, like to get a get a couple days, maybe five days in of the of the state tournament, uh, if if family and and the job allows. So, <laughs> hopefully, see you down there, coach, for sure. But um, well, appreciate like, that. Uh, we like to end our podcast with a little section we call Rapid Fire, um, where Brian's going to hit you with a couple really tough questions um, about basketball and some not about basketball. So you just tell us what comes right to your head.
2: Oh boy, this could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All
1: right, coach. First of okay. we always we always lead with um, what's your what's your favorite visiting um, gym or arena that you've had the opportunity to coach in as a visitor. So your home gym doesn't count. And we're going to take Wells Fargo out, too, because we know Ooh. what that means. So, so you got to you got to pick uh, pick one of these other gyms that you've had an opportunity to pick in or play in that you really enjoy.
2: I really enjoy playing in uh, Lamar's community. We played sub state game there. Oh, I gotta take that back. Sioux City East, by far. We have had great success at Sioux City East in district finals, and I love playing there. Boys love playing there. I love playing there.
1: That's that's great. I love I love when people take in account what their record is at places. Like, I just I love playing <laughs> I there. You. We we won. We won. <laughs> All we do is win there. That's I don't care. I if love it. I don't care if it's cool or not. So. <laughs> um but perfect coach uh favorite sports movie
2: favorite sports movie rudy
1: rudy rudy i yeah.
0: <laughs> don't Adam, have, Adam, have we had that, that one on the pod yet i just thinking about that i don't think we have i do not think we have it's a good partially because that's my
2: nickname but mostly because i love the underdog <laughs> Rudy.
1: So there you go <laughs> no, are you a, are notre dame fan too or not
2: no my wife is my wife's family is huge notre dame's family but no nah, notre dame's fan but i'm not no but i did like i did really enjoy that show
1: yeah okay well that's a good one um let's see what's uh what's one thing um a couple non-farmers like adam and i need to know about uh the cattle business
2: ah cattle business <laughs> roller coaster uh it's a it, it's i love it um nothing better than getting a bunch of calves in balling yeah. for mom and in two days you got them lined up to the bunk eating and loving life and uh Um, I love taking care of animals. Um, we, you know, it's been the passion of my life and, um, um, it's a roller coaster. It's a high dollar game. I don't need to go to no casino. I don't need to stop anywhere. I gamble every day, but, uh, (laughs) yep. It's uh, I love it. It's a good life.
1: That's great. Well, it's obviously, uh, it's obviously kept you around, uh, in that area and there's, there's a reason for it. And so that, (laughs) that, that's great. Um all right, coach. So if we had an opportunity to uh go ahead and put you on any any coaching staff in the country, you you to be assistant for a year, you're gonna go learn anything and everything you want. Um oh, wow. whose who's staff whose staff would you choose to go go learn under? It can be could be college, it could be high school, it could be nba I mean, whatever whatever coach that you think that you wow. could go learn There's, a ton from.
2: There is so many coaches I look up to and so many coaches that I would love to have been part of, but um... Um, I would love to go, you know, division one would be great, but, uh, a lot of them schools got one and done and they, you know, they got all the top athletes and, uh, yeah, they got great programs, but, uh, they got, also got the best athletes, but, um, um, you know, I really admire Ben Jacobs over at UNI, uh, yeah, you know, he, he puts out some teams with not five-star recruits and, uh, they play really good basketball. I would like to sit in and be at his practice and, and see how that goes.
1: That, uh, that's a, that's a really good answer. Obviously Adam thinks the same thing too. Uh, having, yep, I Adam, bet he is. <laughs> having played for Coast Jake. So, uh, that's something that, uh, and he, and he has built quite the program, like you said, in a very similar manner. Um, yeah. you know, kind of, yeah, I, I really
2: respect them guys that got to take, uh, you know, good kids, but make yep. them great. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think you'd learn a lot there, coach, and uh, uh, continue to continue to grow that way. So. um, All right. So opportunity. Let's see. So you let's see, five years. You weren't coached. So Vets Auditorium, do you ever uh, take you never coached in vets? Uh, I never coached in
2: vets. Went down a lot to watch a couple of games, but never coached in it.
1: Okay. so, you know, the atmosphere, you know, the environment uh, didn't have an opportunity to coach there. But if we could recreate and bring vets back, you choose in Wells Fargo, which you know, well, you know, the, the amenities and the greatness that is, or you're a little bit of an old school guy. Would you want to take your team and, and play at vets auditorium?
2: I tell you what, uh, if you ever come up to Remsen St. Mary's and you see our gym, <laughs> you would, uh, you would uh, respect my decision to go to vets. Um, but, um, Uh, I love Wells Fargo. We have absolutely had a blast on the atmosphere is unbelievable. Um, But I do remember young as vets was just seemed a little bit more tight, a little bit more snug. And that's where our gym is. Uh, We got a a stage on the one end. And when we play Galen and the competitive teams, they got to open the curtain and put a bunch of chairs up so we can all fit everybody in because it's so tight. Um, Can't beat that. Can't beat that atmosphere. Unbelievable. So
1: Yep. We would, uh, we would agree with you on that too. There's something special about Vets and it is just, um, the, neat. the smell and uh, yep. bleachers and uh, all that stuff that comes, uh, comes with that's as cool as Wells is. I mean, Wells is an unbelievable venue for these kids it to is. get an opportunity to play in front of as well. But uh, um, so coach, you mentioned coming up your way, taking a game. Um, Adam and I would love to do that before we come to the game. We got to get a bite to eat. Where are we going in town? What, oh boy! Uh, if what, you
2: if you want a really good steak, and I'm a beef guy, we got to go with Golden Pheasant. It's amazing steaks, and uh, and then yeah, if you want a burger, Klein on Nine up at the golf course, they got a lot of selection of burgers, and they are thick and good. You get a half pound burger, it's worth it.
1: Oh man! Well, so love well, to hear that. The Golden <laughs> Pheasant is that what you said?
2: Yeah. Golden Pheasant's got awesome steaks. Unbelievable steaks. Yep. Yep. Either that or my grill. I got some pretty good steaks in the freezer. I
1: was, was going to say, I go, maybe, uh, maybe heading out to your deep freeze might be my best bet yep. actually.
2: <laughs> that's the one benefit of a cattle farmer. You knit, you, well, that's why I weigh 200 pounds. You eat good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you earned it, man. That is, that is work. So you, you deserve a good steak, but uh, all right, two more coach. We'll get you out of here. Shooter's touch. Um, you mentioned it, you know, starting at a young age, um, developing that form, getting the technique, uh, and just kind of letting, uh, removing the brain and letting the body take over. Uh, by the time you get there and being able to shoot the basketball, so uh, shooter's touch. What does it mean to you if uh, you have a player who you're just like, you know what, he's got the shooter's touch?
2: It's huge. It's absolutely huge. Um, the the proper form is the most important thing you can learn. Um, there's a ton of different shot styles out there, but um, when you know, and some of it's natural. Kids got that natural touch, uh, genetics, whatever they got it. But uh, when you got a kid that's got proper form, I always tell the kids, if you're if you got if you're a good shooter and you miss, the ball goes straight up and comes down, and you got the best opportunity for an offensive rebound. And the kids that can't hit the rim or bounce it off the backboard or bank clank it off the front of the rim, we don't get that offense rebound. Shooting is the most important thing in the game. Uh, we go, we have BJ Molder come in from Best Camp um, at young age, fifth grade on up. Um, he's got great form, great technique. Um, and that's what it is. It's, it's become repetition, repetition, repetition. So it's just natural that when you get to high school, you don't even have to think about it.
0: Oh,
1: I love it. That, uh, we always say, if you miss, if you're missing right or left, there's something wrong with your technique. Short and long is just more repetition. Like exactly. Can, you're exactly right. Yeah. we can figure that out. Short. You're and, exactly right. Short and yep. long we can work on. So. Yep. Um, well, good coach. Last one here. We'll get you out. Um, over a decade up there at Remsen St. Mary's. What What's the best thing about getting the opportunity to be the, the head boys coach and, and lead a program of your own?
2: It's been, it's been ultimate fun because of the family culture at St. Mary's. Um, it's one great big family. Um, I've had some tremendous parents, some tremendous players, uh, great coaching staff, uh, priests and, uh, faculty and, uh, administration have been wonderful. Um, like I said, I'm, uh, my class of 85, when I graduated would have laughed if they would have heard, I would have won 200 games at same areas as a basketball coach. Cause there wasn't in the cards, but I got the opportunity. They gave me the opportunity um, it's been unbelievable ride. And like I said, just good people and family. It's just doing so, so easy. Uh, I have no attitude, no nothing to deal with. It's just all good kids.
1: Well, and that's credit to you as well, coach. And so we appreciate you taking some time, uh, continued success. Like we said, we'll be following along here the rest of this year and the years to come. Uh, we're expecting to see you back down here at the well. Let's make it six in a row. And, uh, thanks again for taking some time with us.
2: Well, hey, thanks for having me. And I hope we see we do get to well, well again. And um, um, I'm I'm glad you guys are doing this. Like I said, my coaching staff has got hooked on you guys. They're listening all the time. They love what you do. And uh, keep it going.
0: Well, thanks, Coach. Yeah, as, um, as Brian mentioned, you know we're, we're going to be looking forward to uh, the end of the season here, watching you through tournaments and stuff like that. It's an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, you know, it's always fun. One one of the best parts about doing this podcast is talking to coaches who are super, super passionate about coaching these kids and, you know, really improving them as athletes and as, and as people. And, you know, just from the brief time we, 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 we've been on here talking, I think that's, that is for sure you. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Hope to see you here in about two or three weeks.
2: Hey, thanks very much. And thanks for having me. And if you get to Remsen, we can either eat on my uh, grill or a golden pheasant
1: on me we're we're holding you to
2: that that. (laughs)
1: right shooters we got to give a quick shout out to green line design company jacob over there was the one that helped bring shooting santa and shooting shamrock to life did a great job it was a lot of fun to work with super easy super professional and so a big shout out to them if you want to reach them it's greenlinedesignco.com is the best way to see the rest of his work Um, we appreciate him and helping us out, um, look to help him out as well. If there's anybody else that, you know, we can continue to help support or would like to support us here at the Shooter's Touch, we'd love to hear about it. Let us know. As always, Shooter's Shoot.